Welcome to the Recruitment Roundup with Toby and Nadia of Harrington Star. This is our one podcast a week where we talk about us and our passion for great recruitment because five days a week we shine a light on individuals making waves in the world of fintech and on a Sunday we bring you the Recruitment Roundup. Today our theme is a powerful one because we are talking Kaizen. Now Kaizen isn't just one of the Harrington Star values, it is a way of life and it's a way of life that Toby and I subscribed to a long, long time ago. In this week's episode, we're going to share why it's so prevalent to talk about it today. We're going to give you examples of how people are edging forward within this industry. But before I go any further, let me hand you over to Toby so he can explain exactly what Kaizen means. Thanks, Nat. Yeah, look, this is one that excites me a lot, this. While we're talking about this, I was reading this week in a book and it came up. It's been one of our founding values as a business since day one. Kaizen is a, is a Japanese manufacturing principle, which talks about continuous improvement all the way through, through a business. And we wanted to do that when we first started the business to have it at the, at the center of what we did because we wanted to consistently look to improve you know, the marginal gains, the one percenters, the opportunities to get better and better and better at what we're doing. It's, and it's remained at the, the sort of core philosophy of what we've done over the last 12 years with the business, not only just internally, but also externally about how we can help you know, change the industry, move the industry and, and evolve our service for our, for our customers. I believe it started with Toyota and how they went from a sewing machine company to one of the biggest car manufacturers in, in the world. And their whole process was from the janitor through to the CEO. Everyone was involved and had the responsibility of taking ownership to improve. And I think you know, if you look at Kaizen, it's been very deeply embedded into all sorts of process and technology alongside that. And I think it's at the fundamental cause of everything, root cause of everything that I've been seeing and speaking to over the last two years. But 22 years worth of career of speaking to companies who are in fast growth mode that they're looking at every single opportunity to improve and get better i know that's something that you see a lot of as well right yeah absolutely i think it's so so important to be talking about this week and i know that we can jam-pack this episode with examples of how people are making this iterative improvements every single day and it really it works across so many different things so I wanted to start with DE&I because one of the biggest, biggest challenges that I have when I talk to people about their DE&I policies, procedures, what's actually in practice day to day, is often they have great, great intentions, but they just don't know where to start because let's be honest, anything diversity related is huge. There's so many avenues that we need to be aware of, so many things that we need to look after, so many different individuals we need to look at for their unique perspective. So sometimes it can feel incredibly daunting. And that phrase, where do we start, is often used because people feel overwhelmed. Best intentions, but they just don't know where to begin. Therefore, they freeze. And I love this concept of Kaizen because day in, day out, I've been talking to people about start somewhere and just do something every single day. It can be tiny, tiny improvements. It can be that, you know, 1% every single day, but that will all add up to make huge, huge change if you stick at it consistently. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about Kaizen. I loved it from the first time you ever told me about Kaizen. That was many, many years ago. Mm. I think it's probably the basis of, you know, one of my hashtags, get better every day, because that's how I espouse that word in in my day-to-day life. And that's not just my work life, that's my personal life as well. And I think, you know, it's made me really passionate about those little improvements every single day that will add up to something huge. So one of the first things I want to say about this is for DE&I, when you feel like, where do we start? It's okay to start small. It's really, really important just to start somewhere. 
Yeah, definitely. It was brought out to me in a podcast I listened to this morning, just even even walking in. I was listening to uh, Steve Bartlett in his Diary of the CEO podcast. And he was talking to Sir Dave Brailsford, who's the, basically popularised the whole concept of marginal gains. And he talked about the compound annual growth calculator, about going into Google and just putting compound annual growth and seeing what happens if you improve by 1% over a 20-year period, just that seismic sort of gain of what and how that looks. And then it was interesting to hear Brailsford talking about just the, the little bits and pieces and how this was about just recognising change, recognising improvement. And I think that's the key to performance in, in individuals, in businesses, in sports teams, but, but particularly around that, that sort of iterative improvement. And I think sometimes people go into it, new leaders will go into a business and want to turn everything upside down and change everything overnight. But I think the smart people and smart businesses and smart individuals who are looking to improve their performance yeah, particularly as we film this in January, when we're talking still about New Year, New Me and all this sort of stuff. You know, this isn't about New Year's resolutions. It never has been for me. It's been about making sure that you're there and you've got a constant improvement around what you're looking to do and how you're looking to, to improve with it, which is why I love Kaizen. If I think back about the people I've been speaking to this week, I mentioned it last week. I was going to, you know, I think it was the, later on in the afternoon, I was going to do the education debate series that we did on FinTech Focus TV. It was a fascinating conversation, a genuinely fascinating conversation. I had four people who are making change happen. And they're looking at a major, major problem, which is the talent bottleneck in financial technology and technology and basically the world, which is where we've got a broken education system, which is, is allowing access for underserved, undervalued, undereducated talent and losing these huge talent pools that will never get into the right sort of areas to really move, move the needle. Is the best technologist in the world just not able to have access to that sort of education to allow them to make the next big revolution. And that's a really interesting piece for me. So we spoke, spoke to Ian Bagshaw, who's, who's working very closely with a programme at the moment to take and to sponsor all the way through their career, underserved talent, basically the, the, the smartest kids from deprived areas, and put them into red brick universities and, and help sponsor them through that sort of process and then put them into careers afterwards and friendships where the, where the companies are then paying for this education to allow them to get access to the best, you know, the best talent, which is brilliant. But it isn't something which you can click your fingers and have a problem solved over, overnight. Spoke to um, Muhammad Ali at University of East London who are rethinking you know, the relationship through their fintech programs and how they can make sure that talent is ready for the industry as opposed to just bought through with standard degrees. But how's it evolving as a, as a process to allow people to be better and allow companies to sponsor. So it's not just some fossilised lecturer talking about potential algorithms, but this is about someone coming in there and talking about their entrepreneurial journey and getting people more entrepreneurial ready for the future. Matthew Chan from Working Fintech, Joel Baron Christensen, but from both the US and the UK, both looking at how they can educate and turn, in Matthew's place, young talent, and Joel's case, diverse talent, and bring it up to speed to give them the education to be fintech ready for something which we, we, we see every single day. There is a talent bottleneck. We are seeing huge digital evolution at the moment and a wider and wider gap between the ability for people to be able to do that job and get into and break into the industry and have the experience needed to take the whole thing to the next level. I find the whole thing fascinating. It's really, really interesting to look at. But if the, the conversation, if you broke it all down, was about Kaizen. It's about continually improving the odds for diverse and underserved talent. It was about looking at the talent problem and saying this isn't something where you can click your fingers and have a revolution. It is about evolution and evolutionary improvement all the way through, which over time, with the work that entrepreneurs like those four effectively are doing, 
and the academics are changing the moving the needle for, for, you know, for change. And I think that's been very, very much at the heart. Even if you look at the front page of the book you're releasing next month, moving the needle is very much at the heart of what we're looking at here. This is about iterative, continuous improvement. Performance, high performance, elite performance is about iterative, continuous improvement. Playing at the best in the world at what you're doing isn't about getting there overnight. It's about moving your strengths further forward and playing to your super strengths and continuously looking to say, right, what are the little bits and pieces we can do further forward? And Dave Brailsford said it can be as simple as, as smiling more. Coming in there and making sure you've got a smile on your face is a marginal gain. You know, making sure that people around you are feeling better because of the smile that you do in the morning and how you welcome people in is a marginal gain. Listening to Steve Bartlett, it's fascinating to him to talk about the podcast. This is a guy who's made a hyper-growth business with zero education very, very quickly in his, in his career and sold out, sold out for millions. Listening to his podcast, which is now the number one listened to podcast in the world, he was talking about the only podcast and video thing where they've got eight cameras in the room, where he talks about the music of how they, you know, of how they bring it in and what that means for the individual, the experience of how the, the individuals are approached to get on the show. It was fascinating. And I think a big, big, big lesson, and I took lessons away from it for me, and, and it's sort of fueled my thirst to find out a little bit more about how they make the best podcast in the world. I want this to be the best podcast in, in financial technology. I want us to be able to, to, to sit there and say, how can we continuously improve what we're doing? And I think that that is, a, you know, going back to it again, this is at the core of all the good businesses I've seen. There is no such thing as overnight success. These businesses are out there and they're identifying problems and they're saying, how can we take our product and not just lurch from one expedient to the next, but look at it and say, how can we take this product and its minimum viable option and continuously look to improve it until it's, it's answering the problems. And if I look at the best software that we use as a business, we've been early adopters of a number of different recruitment technologies that have become fundamental to how we do the job. But we've always gone in early. You know, one of the biggest you know, CRM systems in the UK now for recruitment technology is Bullhorn. When we went to it, we were, we were one of the first people in the UK to adopt it. And its power and its process and its thing and utilisation in the marketplace it does and all the add-ons give our people more efficiency than they've ever had before. But it started and it grew iteratively over time to become the powerhouse it is at the moment. And that's what we're seeing time and time again with the best fintech companies in the world and why I think Kaizen is at the centre of successful financial technology. Like totally. It harks back to what I was saying about feeling overwhelmed by the huge, huge shifts that we're trying to make happen. You know, talent is a massive massive topic at the moment how do we generate talent how do we reach talent how do we reach the underreached, the people that we couldn't reach before the people that we didn't think about reaching before there's so many elements to make that happen and this week i just wanted to share a couple of examples of conversations i'm having with businesses who completely subscribe to what you're saying about the marginal gains but the funny thing is it's perception of yourself and what you think is the perception of you as well because a number of these businesses asked me, what are other people doing? Because we're only starting small. And the interesting thing is, is whenever anyone says to me, we're only starting small, I hope it doesn't look less than what other people are doing. Actually, they're doing more because it's so, so interesting, that concept of freeze and now let's move and, and let's smile and, and let's, let's appreciate that a smile is a marginal gain and it's a gain that will put you further forward and will make that improvement. So... Quite interestingly, with one of the fintech businesses that I was working with this week, they said that 
they, they are doing so many amazing things internally for diversity, equity and inclusion. They are working so hard on ensuring that they have true psychological safety within their company. They have for a number of months now been having celebration days where people are celebrating their uniqueness and they're bringing in and they're teaching people around them about their culture or something different about them. And this is allowing for much, much better conversation when it comes to the products, the technology. There is an ability now where they can challenge one another really, really positively. And I've seen in other businesses where that positive challenge can turn negative because it isn't a positive challenge because they don't have the relationship that this business has. And this business said to me, what more can we do? And we've, we've scoped out a number of pods, vlogs, articles. They already have things that are ready for publication. They just didn't know how to do it. We're talking about potential webinars. There's other companies that have done other things as well that I shared with them as potential ideas. Other businesses have bias champions to make sure that anyone who feels that they are being overlooked or they are the victim or they have witnessed bias, that they can go to that bias champion and talk about how things can be rectified and an educational piece and a change piece can be put within the business. There are some other businesses that are measuring their statistics and they're targeting change and they're putting deadlines and plans in place that they're hoping and working incredibly hard to hit to ensure that they are driving that tangible real change within their business. I could go on and on, but my point here when we talk about Kaizen is I've just reeled off so many different things that, it, that actually, as if you were to just choose one, that would be a brilliant game for you and your business. And this is just, you know, a couple of examples of people I've spoken to this week. On the other side, I've got to celebrate another business this week, which is actually a global bank. They wanted to teach us this as their recruitment part. Well, this, right? this is just unbelievable. And it shouldn't be unbelievable, you know. But yeah. this, this business, we have recently started working with them. And they wanted to really open our eyes to who they are culturally, what their environment's like, what their people are like. And anyone who's ever worked with recruitment agencies, I'm sure that you know that there is an absolute baseline. If you are going to share a vacancy with us, you need to talk to us so that we understand your business and understand the role. Otherwise, it, we might as well be wearing a you know, blindfold or one arm behind our back in terms of who we're trying to find and how we're trying to attract them to your business. That, that is the recruitment baseline. Speak to us. Now, one thing that we've been talking a lot about over our, our past few podcasts are EVP, making sure that that EVP is communicated appropriately and communicated well across the business, ensuring that we as recruitment partners are absolutely tooled up with information, knowledge, and you know what? Passion, because we love your business too. You know, it's been so, so important that that's been built up. And Businesses are doing lots of different things to partner with us, to engage us and, and help, help in our understanding. This global bank went beyond, way beyond anything else I've, I've ever seen. So five of us joined the, the call. I expected probably at most five of them. 22 of them joined our call and, and sat with us for an hour and a half yesterday talking about their, each of their business units across this global bank. We had laughs, we had mm. giggles, we had real like culture and environmental conversation. We had heads of huge business units with billions under management telling us about the types of people that they want to see 
the types of potential that they want to see. They don't want people that are in boxes that do the job already. They want to attract people to this industry. They're looking for people from outside the financial domain. They're looking to educate, invest, upskill people from outside of the areas that other investment banks would be totally focused on guessing. And it was a wonderful experience and really, really eye-opening for me because if we are looking to partner with companies at a level that we truly can do to reach people that haven't been reached before, to allow the growth that this industry really wants to be achieving, this is the stuff that needs to be happening and needs to be happening more and more. And I wanted to celebrate this today because when we're talking about Kaizen, that particular event didn't just suddenly happen. That business has been working on how they communicate with their agencies over the years. They've been building up sessions like that over time. So again, when we talk about Kaizen and marginal gains, it's one thing that you can look at and think, how can we improve this? What, what is the one thing that we can do so that we can partner with our external partners in better ways? And it's about questioning that, spending a little bit of time on it, implementing it, and then reaping the rewards. Definitely. I think that's so, so important, isn't it? You know, we talk a lot about the significance of talent at the moment. I've said many, many times that I will speak to 99 CEOs and they'll tell me the most important thing in their business is their people. And talent is at the heart of their issues and it's their biggest bottleneck or their biggest opportunity and it's their biggest priority. To me, that's unheard of, you know, particularly in, in investment banking, where you see talent sort of being put down as a cost. So what happens is, is you have an internal group who come in there, they put a portal in there, it becomes no whites of their eyes, no information, just farm CVs over to it. It's rubbish. It's a rubbish process to deliver rubbish service to businesses that are gradually being eroded. No wonder that you know, the industry is being caught up technologically by entrepreneurialistic, more agile businesses. So what a pleasure to hear yesterday of a business that's really putting talent at the heart of it, that sees it as important to take 22 stakeholders and put in front of an agency they're looking to partner with to get the best possible results and put the process into it. That is change-making. That is iterative improvement. That is Kaizen in action. And it's really, really encouraging to see. It's so encouraging to see. And I think what, what I really enjoyed about it is the questions that they asked us. What more can we do to help you identify people out there in the world to come and join us? How can we help you better represent our business? I think these are wonderful questions that are really important for, for people to actually ask themselves because gone are the days, and I know I say this a lot, but gone are the days that you can have six people on a panel interviewing somebody saying, are you good enough for our business? That's no longer how we're going to build relationships in this industry. And that's what it is. A job seeker, your new starter is your next relationship built within your business. So we have to treat it like that. You know, when we talk about the 17% list, for example, everything I'm doing to drive visibility of women within this space to allow for us to grow the percentage of women within the technology space if we look at what, what that actually is and what we're trying to do, the improvements there is about showing that each and every business is not just looking to attract the women, they're looking to invest, they're looking to level the playing field, they're looking to eradicate their gender pay gaps, they're looking to make this business and this industry a better place off the back of it. And that communication is so, so important to the wider world, to people in this environment right now, so that they stay that they know that they can be invested in, they know that they can become the best that they can be. So there's so many avenues to this Kaizen, which again takes me to my initial comments on this. 
there are huge, huge topics at the moment that I know that everyone is thinking about. It could be talent within their business, attracting that talent, retaining that talent, the products, making sure that the consumers are really, really relating to what that product is. This all comes down to people at the minute. The key themes of 2022 are about people, communicating with them, supporting them, listening to them, understanding what makes them tick, understanding what makes them, di them different. And since everyone is different and inclusion is about including everyone, it is a huge task. It's a huge, huge task. And this is why Kaizen has to be at the center of it. Definitely. So Nadia, we've done Kaizen, exciting stuff for, and hopefully something which people can take out of it. Tell me what's exciting for you at the moment. So I have never worked at such a pace. Um, <laughs> it's actually like I, I look at it at the end of every day and I look back at what I've achieved. And I am a very organized person anyway, but I, I have to be at the moment. And I'm, you know, I'm super proud of, of everything that, that's happening at the moment. Because I work at such a pace, I am totally focused on ensuring that I add value and I am being of service to every person that I speak to, whether that's internally whether that's a job, a job seeker or a potential job seeker or someone in a job right now who's not seeking, but they want some help in terms of how they're going to progress themselves, what they could do to make themselves better seen within their business, whether it's a client or potential client, a potential business that may be growing in the future, a business that's growing now. Every interaction, I am doing my absolute best to be of service to the ultimate level that I can do. I'm looking to add value in every single which way I can. And what do I actually mean by that? It's because I deal with so many different types of people because everyone is a potential customer, right? I'm listening, I'm understanding what it is that every single individual needs and I'm responding to that really quickly. That's not to say that I'm only responsive. I'm really, really proactive as well with everything that I'm doing. I'm taking in all the knowledge that I'm getting from people, whether it's the job seekers wanting to upskill themselves, wanting to make sure that they are communicating better and standing up for themselves better. So I'm, I'm being as busy as I can do, working at a pace. I'm feeling really good at, at all, the, all the wonderful things that I'm doing for people around me. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing that more and more and more. Unbelievable. That, that sort of stuff is, is music to my ears and, and so in line with what you do on a day-to-day on -day basis. And, and I love, love seeing what you're doing at the moment. I also think that there's, there's so much cool stuff that the business is doing right now. And two of the things which are, you know, which are really on my mind are building communities. You know, I'm a big believer in, you know, since we started the business, we've been a big believer in communities. And I think we can do a lot more. And we're very excited about talent communities that we can launch over the course of this next six months or so to make sure we're nurturing talent constantly and helping people improve. I think, you know, going back to that concept of Kaizen, what we want to be as a business is a business that isn't just lecherous to, you know, and feeding from, you know, from, from everyone else, but people that add value. That's always been, you know, very much the philosophy of what we want to do. And we want to help people progress. We want to grow careers. We want to grow brands. We want to grow networks. We want to grow teams. And I think, you know, there's something there we, which we can do and which we're working on that really helps to, you know, to, uh, to evolve that and take it further, you know, further forward. Internally, it's about making sure that we basically progress everyone and continue this evolution that we've been seeing in performance over you know, a sustainable and long-term period. There's been some exceptional work that's being done at the moment. I love seeing people grow, grow from here. Phil Slavin came on from Task Guys, CEO at Task Guys, came on my show a few months ago, probably actually a year ago. Time flies, doesn't it, when you're having fun. And he said something that's stuck with me ever since, which was he felt that in his marketplace, Task Guys was becoming inevitable. 
So if you were in their target area, it was inevitable that you would need their product to work effectively and have a competitive advantage. One of the things I'm becoming more and more obsessive about is how we, how we ensure that Harrington Star is inevitable for candidates in the space and for clients in the space. And that's something that we're doing a load and load of work on to make sure that, uh, that we want to make sure that, it, that it's, it becomes a no-brainer to work with us. And I think we're moving ever closer to, you know, to that. And that's really, really exciting for me to see. Nads, any final words? Just super excited about how we genuinely can help people progress their careers. That's the feel-good factor. When I switch off this laptop every day, like, have I allowed someone to be better and have I given them really good advice? And I think because of our visibility across the space, we genuinely can do that. But we want to make this pod as beneficial to people as possible. So I'm really working hard to bring in examples of what I'm seeing to really share evidence week on week so that people can see how other people are doing it so that we can make this industry a better place. But if there are any specifics that you want more detail on, please get in touch with me. If there's any specific things you want Toby and I to cover, we have such wonderful visibility of this market because of the sheer volume of people that we interact with. And as you heard from what I said before, I'm speaking to so many different types of people as well because it is an entire ecosystem. It's about making that ecosystem better. So please reach out with, with any specific questions. We would love to help. We absolutely would. We absolutely do. And we thank you for listening to another episode of our show. As Nad said, look, we love taking ideas and having feedback and working on the issues and thoughts and opportunities that you're seeing out there in the market. So please do keep them coming. We thank you for listening to, to it, listen to all over the world. And we want to keep on growing that every single week. So if you could rate, review, pass the pod on, we would be massively grateful. Thank you so much for listening. One final thing from me is that the judging is now well underway for the next Financial Technologies magazine, where every single year we bring the most influential financial technology companies of the year together uh, and celebrate them in our magazine, The Financial Technologist. If there are names who you think are going to make big waves over the course of 2022, please do get in touch with us. We like to feature outstanding and innovative companies. If you've got someone there who you're putting a bet on to say this is a company that's going to come through this year and do some incredible stuff, we want to hear from them. We want to have them in the magazine. We want to have them on our podcast. We want to talk about the story and spread the word. As I said before, we love growing teams, growing brands and growing networks. And we can do both of those through that. So really, really exciting stuff. Watch out for more press on that in the very near future. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.